This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Michael Bozinski. Michael is president and CMO of Buzzworthy Website Marketing. He's a lifelong entrepreneur, digital marketing thought leader, and best-selling author. Dubbed a visionary marketer by the American Marketing Association, Michael's mission is to help entrepreneurs avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaigns. Buzz, as most call him, has simplified digital marketing success with the rule of 26 and is on a mission to double the website revenue of service-centric businesses across America. Thanks so much for joining me today, Buzz. Thanks for having me, Diane. Absolutely. So I I am really curious, um, what do you think is the biggest mistake entrepreneurs entrepreneurs make with their digital marketing? Well, the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs that have service-based businesses or service-centric businesses make is that they don't put as much faith into their website marketing as they should. And the reason for that is because most service-centric businesses start out not necessarily in a full capacity. So for example, I have a neighbor uh, just a few houses down who has a full-time job and he's going to open up a power washing company. So he's got a truck he's putting together and the tanks and all the other things. Um, But one of the things he's doing right is going, I need a website. He's starting with the website. But a lot of times what they'll do is what he's going to be doing to get started, which is guerrilla marketing. So he'll go to each one of us in the neighborhood and saying, hey, I'm going to give a neighbor's discount and then use that word of mouth marketing and referrals to build it up. I also have a painter who's in my neighborhood who's been in business for, I want to say, five years still does not have a website. And yet he doesn't understand how he can grow past just him uh, with his business. And so that right there in itself is the biggest mistake is that they underestimate the power of website marketing. I see. That's so interesting. It, it, is, is there some sort of, you know, route to that? Is it that, do you think it's that, um, has someone told them that they don't really need one or are they concerned that it's going to cost a lot of money and they're thinking that they don't need to spend that kind of money to get what they need? 
I think that it's a little bit of both. And it's not necessarily that somebody told them that they didn't need it. But just about 10 years ago, social media was still a uh, an avenue that people could use, like Facebook, you could have a Facebook page and use it as a website. And as an outreach tool, when you posted, people could see it. When you used hashtags, you get in front of people who didn't know you and you could do it for free. But as the years went by that, that the pay per play pay to play, sorry, um, came prevalent. And now it is pretty much pay to play. I mean, even if you have, you know, a thousand visitors and you make a post, no more than 200 of your followers will actually get that post fed to them in their feed. They, they force you to have to boost your own stuff to get in front of your own audience. But nobody told anybody, oh, by the way, that is going on. And therefore you need to find a way to own your own property on the internet, which would be a website. The ah. other side of that is the cost. Most people think that they either have to pay thousands of dollars to say somebody like me who has been building websites since 1999, or they've got to figure out a platform like Wix or uh, Squarespace or any of those, only to find out that a year to two years into it, when they've started growing their business, that those websites are inadequate to scale with their business. So it's a little bit of both. Oh, that's interesting. Thank you for that. So which is better for website traffic, social media or SEO? So when it comes to website traffic, and we're talking about organic website traffic is what I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. touch on here Okay. because paid is paid. Like paid is a completely different model. Um, and we, and I focused on inbound marketing. So where can we get earned traffic? So there are statistics out there that say that 2% of your organic traffic that you can garner from your um, social media will actually buy from you versus 14% of organic traffic coming from search engines, making S SEO traffic basically seven times more profitable than social media, organic social media traffic. Wow, I had no idea. The thing is, is that social media is more, I see it as more of a conversion tool. So I, what, what we set our clients up to do is get the visibility in a search engine for the keywords that are most probable for them. So the keywords users are utilizing to find services like them or service providers who create or uh, provide the uh, services that they offer, right? They come to the website through that there, right? They're in a buying mode because they're looking for that service, right? If I'm looking for a plumber, I'm going to say plumbers near me. Boom. There we go. Oh, nine times out of 10, that's going to be on, oh, a, a Google map. And on the Google maps going to have the yeah, website. Yeah. The website's going to go to the web. They're going to go to the website. They're going to see everything that you do as a plumber. And then from there, they're going to go, well, okay, they look trustworthy, but am I going to enjoy working with them? Well, let's go take a look at their social media links here that they have on their website. Then they go over there and they say, oh, wow, look at that. They give to the community. They're interactive. They, oh, they're family owned business. So they're showing their kids. Oh, this is cute. Yeah, I like these guys. So now they're going to go back to your website. They're going to make that appointment. So we utilize the social media channels 
to give that likability, that connectiveness. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's really an integrated approach, integrated, it, right? A hundred percent. Hence my company's name is, <laughs> has integrated marketing <laughs> below buzzworthy <laughs> and not just marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I did not even mean to do that. Uh, <laughs> Unplanned. There you yes, go. <laughs> exactly. Totally organic and natural. So, um, is there a social media platform that is like best or better for business-centric companies to use for their marketing? Um, Service-centric businesses um, are unique, right? Each industry is going to be a little more, uh, is going to be different than others. Yeah. And so I don't say that there's any one that's best for all service-centric businesses, but we do have certain platforms that lend better to certain types of businesses. So say you're a B2B business, a business-to-business -business service, right? I'm a business-to-business -business service. Yeah, right? Where right. We do marketing for other companies, right? right? So I spend the majority of my time on LinkedIn. Yeah. Right? I'm networking with other businesses. And I'm really trying to talk to other business owners or directors of marketing, or chief marketing officers within those businesses, right? Yeah. And then I also collaborate with other marketers to show my authority there, okay? Yeah. Now, say I'm a handmade jewelry uh, maker. Yeah, LinkedIn's not going to be quite as good of a match, yeah. but Pinterest could be. Instagram could be because they're both very visually driven platforms. Okay. Um, if we're talking about maybe a community, I'm trying to grow a community where I'm coaching people on, say, I'm a dating uh, coach. Okay. Mm -hmm. I probably will, will navigate to Facebook because I can get into groups that are talking about the woes of dating as a certain age group, or maybe divorcees trying to get back into the dating scene. All of those types of conversations can be had there, right? But say I'm more of an informational coach. Well, we might be looking at Twitter uh, because that's where information mm. is quickly absorbed, right? And we give those, mm. those tidbits. Now, if you're like me, I mean, I have tools that allow me to simulcast on all of those channels and I give my, and I share my information customized to each of those platforms, but it schedules all of that so that I'm not sitting there logging into five different channels. Why do I do that? Because now my SEO show uh, Google and my SEO is reflecting that, wow, this guy's everywhere, right? Not that I'm going to be a Pinterest star, but Pinterest is kind of a uh, search engine of social media sites. Like you go there to search for ideas of things creative, right? Cooking, yeah. clothing, all those things, right? right. Arts, crafts, all that stuff, right? So yes. I'm going to be there, right? And of course, I'm going to tier that to a more feminine side of my brand because women dominate, the, the users are dominated by women on that platform where I'm going to be a little bit more professional on uh, LinkedIn. And I'll yeah. be more playful on Facebook and Instagram. So the takeaway I'm getting from this is that 
uh, there's a couple of them. One is that potentially there can be a, a number of platforms that can be valuable for you as long as you're tailoring your message to that platform. Right. And um, you have to really understand your audience and where they are seeking the information that you would be providing. 100%. And the third takeaway is subtle, but focus your energy on one platform. Ah. You notice I said, I, I spend my time on LinkedIn. Yeah. I yeah. simulcast on the other ones. Ah, yeah. That's so a find point. a tool. Um, we happen to have one. If you want to share a, a link in, sure. in the notes and stuff like that, I'll, I'll give that to you. Okay. Uh, and that's our buzz social platform allows you to do that actually helps you curate new content post it, track what type of content works on each of the channels, all of the things and schedule reoccurring posts if, if you needed to. But like last year, we were post, we had all of our posts scheduled out that weren't organic posts, right? Like, like yeah. on the fly stuff, just my yeah. content was uh, scheduled out for, in January to June and from June to December. So we really only did two big pushes for content on our channels. Now this year we're testing a lot of things. So now we're, we're, we're only doing about 45 days to 60 days worth of content, testing that, seeing what works, what doesn't work on each of the channels and then making adjustments and then pushing out another 45 days to 60 days. And when you do that, you're able to be very consistent with your content, which all of the channels like and Google likes. So you're really hitting a lot of uh, benefit on multiple uh, areas of your digital marketing by batching that out, getting it scheduled, and then focusing on what your day-to-day -day is. Because day-to-day -day should not be your social media unless you are a social media coach. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> it's a very important point. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you said it because, you know. That, that is sort of the other thing. So <laughs> what that people try to spend too much time yeah. on social media. Well, yeah. if we, if we look at the numbers organically, the numbers are against you, right? You're, you're fighting a, a, a losing battle of exposure because the platforms are telling you that you're only going to reach your people, 2% of your people every time you post. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then only 2% of those people are going to engage in your um, with your business. Yeah. So you're saying 2% of 2%. Whew, that's 0.4% of all of your followers. Wow. I don't like those odds. Yeah. <laughs> that is not, ah, no, it's not even two. It's 0.04%. Wow. <laughs> like, no, I don't want that. Oh. <laughs> I'd rather take 17% of all the people searching. Right. Right. And those people in. Right? Right. And then optimize my Google, uh, my Google, my business page so that maps shows up. If I'm a local service where I come to your house as a B2C or a business to consumer service, right? Get in front of the people who are looking for your services. Now, 5% of your market is in the market to buy only 5%. Yeah. Right. How do I identify those people? The people who are researching the services that I provide. Ah. ah, so I don't have to guess. All I need to know is the keywords that people use 
for that service. That's how I help my clients. We find profitable keywords that they can rank for and bring enough traffic in because they don't need all the traffic, right? Right, right. There's so much business out there. No, yeah. no, no one of us can take all the business in our market yeah. unless we are so super niche. Like I only work with dentists who do veneers on people between <laughs> the ages of 40 and 60. Okay, all right. You might be able to corner the market right? <laughs> in yeah. a small town, right? I get that. But the most of us, you know, that are in towns that have more than say a hundred thousand people. And if you're B2C, there's more business than you can do. Yeah, for sure. So for don't sure. try and to get all for- the business, get the best business for your company. Absolutely. A- absolutely. I, I, I second that emotion. <laughs> say it all the time. You don't want hundred percent of the market. You know, you want the right business, the right customer. No. Not all business is good business. Yes, exactly. Right. And if you are a a value-driven company, then you probably don't want price-sensitive clients. Yes. Right. But if you are a a price-conscious service, then you probably don't want to be talking to the people who want more than you can provide. Yeah. Right. And that's, it's, it's, it's interesting because when I talk to brand new business owners, they're like, they want all of the business they possibly can possibly get because they, yeah. it's, it's like, I got to pay the bills. I'm like, I get yep. that. I understand. I was there. I was there for a long time. <laughs> and when I started making money, it was when I decided what I actually provide. Yep. And then how do I provide it for you? And if you don't meet those criteria, then I get you in front of somebody who can't. Yes. Because spending time customizing your services for every single client that comes through the door will keep you poor. Yes, it will. And miserable. Oh, no, believe me. 15 years, I had um, a a company that that's what we did. If you came in and it was one of the services that we had, and we had five different services, five departments of services that are wrapped around production and marketing, okay? Okay. And we didn't care what you sold, how you sold it, all that stuff. The only thing that we cared is that you were a legitimate business and that you were an honest person. Okay. It was the only time we would kick people out. Okay. And every time we were reworking our statement of procedures, our SOPs, so that we could make that happen. We were doing the classic ad agency BS that goes out every day. And now we don't. If you're not a service-based business we're, or service-centric business, we're probably not the best fit for you, but I have people who are. Right. Like e-commerce people, I don't do it. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah. I give it to people who are passionate about e-commerce. Yeah. They're passionate about products, selling products online. I'm not passionate about selling products online. Yeah. That's just not my thing. I like people. I like identifying the idiosyncrasies that make each business different. And those idiosyncrasies are based in the values and the personality of the business owner, usually the person giving the service. Yeah, definitely. I I completely agree with that. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. 
Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. So I, I have a two-part question. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the first part is, um, well, my main question was going to be, when is the best time to hire a website marketing agency? But the, the tag along to that is, I find that term interesting, website marketing agency, because I think most people think of website development mm. or, you know, creation. So mm-hmm. can you explain to me, you know, your view of what a website marketing agency is? So website marketing focuses on the marketing of the website. So everything's tied to the site itself. So you build a website that is talking to the client or to the user, not at the user, on a subject that they're interested in, identifying that we understand them and their problem or their dream, and that we have a solution to solve that problem or attain the dream, and that we're trustworthy enough for you to trust us to do that. That's, that's the on-site marketing part, right? Everything else is driving the right type of traffic to it, because not all traffic is good traffic, right? We don't want to attract people who are not good fits for us, right? right? So when people sit there going, I want this one keyword um, to, because it's got a lot of searches on it, but that keyword's really broad. Yeah, but some of those people are going to be really good for us. Yeah, and then there's some that are not. And you want to waste your time with all the nots because a lot of times those are the ones you're going to get with those. The, the good client knows what they want and they're going to use very specific keywords to find that, right? And so whether you're using AdWords or organic like SEO, or maybe you're doing blogs, all of those things, require you to understand how to attract that type of person and repel the others. Ah, marketing is not all about attraction. I save some people more money by making sure they don't get bad calls than anything else. Boy, I can see that. Right? So if I'm value-based, I'm going to talk about how expensive we are. In, in, in not, no, not so direct terms, but we're going to say it. We're quality. We do this. We do, you know, we go above and beyond. We're not just a, right? Yeah. Versus price where it's like, hey, for yeah. only $49.95, I'll come and wash your house. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're, you're transactional business. Right. I'm a transactional consumer. I want to go there. Yeah. Oh, I'm a value base. I don't want somebody spraying down and, and like knocking off my shingles. I want somebody who's going to go up there and take care of my house. Look at all those people right there. Look how nice those trucks are. Those are, those look really nice. Their equipment looks really nice. And all their people are in nice polos and blah, 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 blah. You know, all the things, right? And then we find the way the, where those people are, right? 
If they're on a search engine, then we're, we're figuring out what keywords they're looking up your services because they don't know who you are, right? Yeah. In an ad week and interrupt, that's great. 5% of the people who see it will be in the market. Of about 1.5 to 2% of those people will contact you and a percentage of those will actually buy from you. That's a numbers game, right? But when we have people actively looking for us, inbound marketing is, is the best way to go. Yeah, so I guess I keep getting stuck on everything you're saying makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think the place where I keep getting stuck is figuring out the the keywords that my ideal client is searching for, mm-hmm. like what they're what they're putting into Google to find what I do. And that's where we come in. We have ways of one finding out how your comp- your direct competitors are attracting customers okay uh, what keywords yeah. are they ranking for that that's getting them there and then we say okay are those are those comparable to you oh yeah that's exactly what we do okay oh no 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 we don't do that stuff okay great awesome we'll make sure that that we don't put that that content that type of content in your content right yeah. um but competitor analysis and then key keyword research is like one of the biggest things we do to get the um get our clients tuned in and sometimes we we run into people who don't even know yet they'll tell us too broad of a spectrum and we go okay wait a second let's identify our most profitable clients not the clients you're serving now let's boil those all those clients you're serving now down to the most profitable so if you had the one type of client which out of all the clients you're serving right now which one Do you get the most excited when they call, the most delighted when they email, and most excited to work on their projects? That person right there, they pay their bills on time and they never ask questions about the price. That person right there is the person we want to attract. So let's create an avatar. I hate that word, but we'll use it. We'll create an avatar around that person. I don't care what their color their hair is. I'm talking about their actions, their their consumer behavior right? I don't care if it's a B2B or B2C, they have behaviors of how they act. What type of business are they if they're B2B, right? Could, it, could That can be an indicator. I, I really like working with dentists, like not me personally, but I, I, I work with dentists, but that's not like my perfect, yeah. perfect client, right? Yeah. Um, the, but if that's yours, then let's just talk about the fact that you're Bob's dentist marketer, right? Boom, go, right? For me, it's about the customer journey and identifying that customer journey. And through that discovery, we're going to get keywords out of that. And then we go do research on related and semantic keywords to go with that. And then we basically integrate that into the content of the website and make sure it flows properly. So that when they get there, they go, yep, they they get my problem or they understand my dream. Oh, they've got some frameworks. They got some solutions here that I could understand. That's awesome. Okay, I'm I'm wanting to understand more. I'm going to reach out to these people. I am so grateful that you just ran through that because for a couple of reasons. One, because it was very understandable for me. That made perfect sense. And it confirmed for me that this is the kind of thing that a small business owner really 
it's not their best use of time unless they are a marketing agency. You know, yeah. So right. So so I I'm gonna sort of circle back to um, the question that originally I thought I wanted to ask, but but turns out I needed what you just said. So when is the best time to hire a website marketing agency? Is it right when you launch? And if you've already been in business for a while, what, what do you say? I say that you start as soon as possible. And it's okay. not necessarily hiring an agency or a firm to do the work for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are firms out there that only do done for you services, concierge, right? Yeah. And we used to be one of those until COVID hit. And we realized there's this huge sector of small businesses that can't afford our white glove concierge service. Yeah. Just can't afford it. Right. Right. Nor yeah. is it always profitable. And that's okay. the biggest thing is understanding the profitability of bringing somebody on just as much as hiring another employee. Right. Great thing about firms like ours and accountants and, and whatnot, we're fractional, right? You can yeah. hire us for very specific things that you need right away. So what I built out was a three-tiered way of working with you. So we have a DIY or a do-it-yourself uh, software as a service platforms that help with SEO, social media ma management, reputation management, uh, collecting reviews via video, all these low cost ways of professionally doing, using professional tools on your own. And we're different than like a SaaS company in that we're marketers and we actively market and we help our clients actually on board. So like our SEO platform actually has a competitor analysis tool in it and a keyword research tool in it. So we show our clients exactly how to use these things and actually set up a few words to get started. From there, the system tells them what to do. So if you have more time than money, then you're going to go with the DIYs. As right. you progress, though, you're going to start having a little more money than time, and you want to free up some of that time, so you might dive into one of our done-with-you services. And that's where we're using those same tools, but we are going to take some of the load off or help you leverage your time so that you're not spending as much time in it, okay? And then you're going to end up with this more time than money altogether, and you're just like, this is not the best use of my time, and I can afford to get it off my plate completely, and then you're going to graduate into that done for you. So for my startups and the folks that, have, that are probably usually within their first three years of business that haven't gone above a million dollars in revenue, they're somewhere in that DIY, DWI. And then for my folks that are over a million and looking to get to their second million and beyond, we're going to be working with them as a concierge or their fractional CMO, if you will. Got it. Okay. Thank you for that. And, and now I, I mentioned something when I was reading your bio, and so I want to circle back to it. What is the rule of 26? The rule of 26 helps me explain website marketing in 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to time you. Go. All right, here we go. So the rule, <laughs> the rule 26 states that if you increase your unique traffic by 26%, your conversion rate by 26%, and your average value per client by 26%, you will get a compounded outcome of 100% more business coming from your website. Oh, really? Yeah. It's math driven. There's no, there's no way around it. That's fascinating. 
I think you're the first person I've ever heard say something very specific about ROI when it comes to marketing. And that was one of the reasons I did it because service-based businesses, like we started the conversation with, are so wrapped up in their word of mouth and referral. Shoot, I had one of my clients just yesterday we were talking about. He's like, no, we just really get all of our stuff word of mouth. He says, that's because we're not exercising an integrated marketing tactic. And so we were a tactical marketer for them. And I'm like, you know what? We need to go more strategic with you. And so next week we're having an hour and a half meeting to dive into the customer value journey so that we understand where his holes are in his process, right? Word of mouth is great, but it's not predictable. Referrals are great, but it's not predictable unless you have a system that allows it to be predictable. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think a lot of people struggle with referrals. Right. They yeah. do because we we are so arrogant to think that everybody's walking around waiting for the opportunity to talk about my business. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They're not. They're not. People are selfish. They're self-centered. It's yep. not a bad thing. It's just that we have our lives to live and your business is your life. So you're always thinking about it. Right. Right. I, yep. I remember like one time I had one of my family members that was like, oh yeah, I did this thing and I got online and I did it. And I'm like, you know, I do that, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I guess, huh? I'm like, you're my family. What the yeah. heck? <laughs> yeah. I think everyone listening has had that situation at one point <laughs> or another. Exactly. And, you yeah. know, and, and not that you should do business with your family. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you shouldn't, Right. But, you know, sometimes it's okay. I, I helped my dad after, when he first retired, he said that uh, he wanted to start this business where he was helping people get raises and promotions. And so he wrote a book and, but he didn't want to spend any money on building the business. And I come to find out he didn't really want to spend time building the business either. I'm like, well, <laughs> if you're not willing to invest time or money, yeah, then just right. don't go into business. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Something's got to give, right? And any and within a year, when in California, it's like eight hundred dollars to have an LLC. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, oof. And so when that bill came back around, he's like, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, okay, buddy. <laughs> Took him ninety days to get the thing, to get a business license in California. Oh my. And this is just what five years ago, maybe. And so I'm sure it's just as bad, if not worse. And, uh, and so that means he's a third of the way into his year just to be in business. And then he spent another nine months working on his website. Wow. So it, of course he didn't have any business. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. Everyone pay attention. This is how it doesn't work. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't work. That's my own dad. Like he would, it was funny because we hadn't talked in a while. And so this gave us something to, to like connect with like anchor. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so for a year we had a great conversation. He never took my advice, but <laughs> yeah, well, you know, after all, what well, do you, at know? least we're talking, right? So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to your consultant. And if you don't believe your consultant, then you get, go get a second opinion. Exactly. And if that second opinion comes back the same, your consultant's probably right. Yeah. And if it doesn't, who knows, they could be right. They could be wrong. You need to get, and it. they could be wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing is this. In marketing, there are a thousand ways to skin cats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The one thing that's consistent is your messaging. 
your messaging is everything when it comes to online marketing. If you don't get that right, none of the tactics that are being sold to you on a daily basis as a business owner are going to matter. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, right. Right, because no one's going to hear what you're saying. Well, they're not going to connect with it. If you do yep. not connect with the user, they're gone. Yep. If your bounce rate's in the 70s and 80s, guess what? Everything above the fold is worthless because yep. they're coming in and they're going, nope, that's not it. Or the traffic that's coming in is bad. And you have to be able to identify which one of that is. And that's where professionals can help you uh, identify that. Because the worst thing to do is replace an axle on your car when you just needed to replace a bad rim. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, you got to figure out what's broken. Exactly what's broken and how it is it broken. Yeah. Like you can say, oh yeah, well, my traffic sucks. Okay, that's great. Now what? Yeah. Why does it, why is it failing you? Well, uh, you know, and you go through all the things and you go, okay, well, here's, here's a glaring problem right here, right? You're not, your website's not optimized to, you know, if you're, if you're doing ads, you could be running bad ads, right? Your Mm -hmm. messaging is getting people to your website. If messaging is getting to your website and it's in a good cost, but then they bounce off of your website and don't buy anything and your, your conversion rates down in the below 1%, guess what? You have a problem with your website. Stop spending money on people, spend uh, pushing people there. Yeah. Because your cost acquisition is going to be way too high for you to be able to sustain it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Boy, makes me afraid. So, you know, Keep it no. simple. I, I always tell people when you're getting started, keep it simple. Find one thing that you can leverage, work on that. Once it's working, then you can move on. Oh, yeah. But don't That's try great. to tackle the world. You're, you're tackling business as it is. Yeah. I have a friend who just went from private practice. Um, he's a uh, psychiatrist. He went from private, uh, he went from working for a firm or a practice that had multiple doctors to his own. In his first six weeks, he had hired two uh, lead gen coaches who were doing nothing for him. And then he found this referral program that got him uh, a bunch of uh, clients using insurance and they took care of it. And so they, he, he found out that, okay, great. I can at least pay my bills here. And now I have a runway to market towards cash accounts because he can charge almost twice cash than he can get from the insurance companies. Right. But you got to pay the bills. So sometimes we take that, that business that we can get at the beginning, but we, the smart ones identify that that's not the business you got into. Right. And then, so you use that as a runway to then migrate to the business. And so once he can, once he's, he's, I've been, been friends with him for about eight, nine months now, almost a year, I guess. Um, I, I was a guest on his podcast and uh, we just became friends. And so we talked for the last year. So this last call we just had, um, he's like, I think I want to hire you. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, why is that? He's like, I want cash clients. I'm like, great. So we're going through that process, but he still has things to take care of. Like he didn't even understand how to budget for his marketing because wow. he doesn't, he's so new in the business. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't have your money in line, 
paying for anything is very scary. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not that you can't spend money on it. Everybody spends money on something when they're getting their their business up and running, usually not marketing, which is horrible in its own thing. And that could be a whole other episode (laughs) (laughs) because for some reason, people look at business plans as the the golden egg and not their marketing plan as their golden egg. But business plans tell you how things are going to happen. Marketing plan tells you how you're going to have the money to make those things happen. Yeah, no kidding. That's a great <laughs> point. Glad you brought that up. I know it, it is the weirdest. Well, because they think if they put up a website and get a phone, you know, get a phone number, mm-hmm. business is magically going to find them and you know, <laughs> knock down their door. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, no. So I ta- I turned him on to a book called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Oh, sure. Yeah. And yeah. that, and he was just like mind blown, like, oh my yeah. gosh. I'm like, chew on that one for a month. Okay, yeah. we talk about once a month. I said, chew on that one for a month and let's go back and let's see how that feels. I said, when you feel comfortable with your money and you understand your budget using profit first, you're going to be paying yourself first. So you're never spending your money on building your business. Right. Right. You're spending yeah. the company's money on building your business. Yeah. And, and then we can get into the rule of 26. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. But I always tell people, if you, if you don't have a handle on your finances, there's no way you're going to understand marketing because marketing yeah. is more numbers than it is anything else. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. You have totally. a pretty logo, but your marketing is not based on a pretty logo. Yeah. Gorgeous website, not based, your, your success rate is not based on how pretty your website is. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is really great. This is great information. I feel like I understand this so much better now than, than I did before we started talking. And um, so then I'm confident the same is true for the listeners. Uh, so some Michael, first of all, thank you. But second of all, will you let the listeners know how they can find you and, and sure. uh, all that stuff? Right. So if you're interested in understanding the Rule of 26, you can uh, get the book at uh, on Amazon. Uh, I've got a link to it on the uh, book website, www.ruleof26.com. It's all, there's also a link on our main website, which is www.buzzworthy.biz. That's B-U-Z-Z-W-O-R-T-H-Y.B-I-Z. Cool. That's so great. Thanks. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. And then we mentioned that the Buzz Social, a yeah. quick way to find that is yeah. go to the Buzzworthy website, buzzworthy.biz. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and you'll see SaaS platforms. And you will see Buzz Social right there. It'll have something in, it'll say social media management right next to it. So you'll know what it is. But you'll okay. also see Dizio, which is our do-it-yourself SEO. And you'll see our Buzz Rep, which is our reputation management platforms. None of these, uh, our premium premiums don't go over $200 for any of these, these platforms. So this is not something that you're getting sucked into spending thousands of dollars. But if you are, you have been in business for a while and you're looking to get past seven figures or, or beyond, um, just go to, uh, there's, it's really easy to see the services that we provide and just uh, click on the let's talk, any of the let's talk buttons. You'll actually talk directly to me because I don't let anybody work with my company unless I've talked to them. And I feel that we will give a positive ROI because that's what we're driven by. Yep. Yep. Good for you. More companies should do that. I um, wish. 
I wish yeah. more of the companies I hired did that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I got right. you. Yeah. Of course, it does, you know, help differentiate you. So in your space. So, well, Thanks. oh my gosh, thank you. As I said, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. Head on over to buzzworthy.biz and really take your time looking around and checking out what's there and what makes sense for you. And uh, until we meet again, uh, remember to prosper and always be curious. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.